Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Beats with Kelly Kennedy. And today, our special guest is Dr. Jag Gupta. And Dr. Jag Gupta is a pain specialist. Uh, he believes in holistic healing and optimizing um, the healing through regenerative medicine. And he really takes into account the whole person uh, using his integrative approach. He is located in Canada, in Toronto. He's got two websites. Right now, it's cloudcareclinics.ca. And soon, it will be trans transverted or whatever over to oghealthinstitute.com. Um, so he's kind of recreating his whole website. But I think what you will find in today's episode is a very different approach about chronic pain. So much on the beats, we've talked about chronic uh, illness and how the body really works. And we've talked a little bit about chronic pain due to my own health history. Um, but it's very interesting to get Jag, Dr. Jag's uh, take on chronic pain, because as a pain specialist, as a board member of the International Association that studies pain, the Canadian Pain Society, the, Can the Canadian Association of Orthopedic Medicine, the British Columbia Medical Association, you know, he's on a lot of boards. He has a lot of associations and his, his um, primary is really looking at pain. And he understands that you cannot heal the whole body without, um, you cannot heal the pain without healing the whole body rather. And so he talks a lot about the physical medicine that he does from PRP injections and really explaining that all the way to what he calls the least addressed component of pain. And you got to listen to the end to know what the least addressed component of pain really is. And you'll start to really begin to understand the integrity that this man has, his mission, and how his words of wisdom ideally can inspire you to continue to empower you as well, to understand that you have all the tools you need. And sometimes we do need specialists, medically enlightened doctors, much like Dr. Jag, to assist us with neural therapies or so forth. But this is the doctor, if you listen to the um, podcast with Tommy Mako a week or so ago, um, in regards to his story, this is the gentleman that doctor, uh, this is the doctor rather that uh, Tommy has been seeing in Canada. And I know you're just gonna love him. He's a lot of fun. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of tea and enjoy this episode of the beats Welcome back to The Beats with Kelly Kennedy. And as always, I get to share one of my great new colleague friends and great spirits and minds and scientists um, that I get to travel the world to meet. And so Dr. Jack Gupta is another one of these great individuals. He lives in Toronto, Canada. His website is oghealthinstitute.com. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but let's talk about how we met, how I actually met Jack because it's part of the story. So yeah. through COVID, of course, we had clients from Canada that could not travel to the United States and needed follow-up care. And one of our clients who's very persistent, um, who was really enjoying the therapies he was getting here and with our medical doctor who was doing some neural therapies for him, he was persistent to make sure that he continued with that care because it was getting such great results. So he went on the hunt in Canada and found this amazing doctor and said, you've got to meet Dr. Jag Gupta. So we set up a conference call. I don't know. This is about a year and a half ago or so yeah, uh, for yeah. like a 20 minute call at night. And I think we talked for about three hours yeah. and it was fantastic. I was like, oh man, I wish you were in the United States and we could work together more closely, but we're such a great association. And then fast forward a year and a half, I'm now at my new coaching group just a few months ago, not even. And they're introducing this gentleman who came from Canada, does neural therapies because he's helped the um, master of the group, the leader of the group, help his father basically go from a horrible ladder accident where he was told he'd be paralyzed and probably not walk again to within a few weeks of working with Dr. Gupta, of course, walking and acting like nothing ever happened to the point where this gentleman was crying. And I'm sitting in the audience going, there's no way that's this, it can't, there cannot be two Dr. Gupta's in Toronto that take needles to certain areas of the body and do magic. There's got to be the one, the only, the doctor, G. 
Dr. Yeah. Gupta. And so, uh, yeah, so I literally walked up to him. I was like, wait, are you Dr. Gupta? And he was like, yeah, why do you look familiar? And I was like, flow Prezzo sound of soul. And he was like, oh my gosh. So he now has yeah. Prezzo and we've become friends. We went, um, uh, what's it called? ATV all over the mountains yeah. in Utah. And I let him drive and I encourage him to go faster and be more dangerous. It, we've had a lot of fun together, actually. Well, we've I, 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 I made you go faster to go right through the river thing and splash yeah. all the water. Yeah. I, I was like, you're like, through those I was like, accelerate, accelerate. <laughs> and we got so muddy and we got the guy in the back really muddy and we just, we just had a lot of fun. So yeah. Today, you know, we talk a lot about on the beats about chronic illness. Um, and once in a while, I touch about chronic pain because, of course, that's my story. But I wanted to bring Dr. Gupta on because he is so successful at helping people that it, that is his specialty. He does chronic, he's a chronic pain specialist. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But I also want to talk about all things health related because this man, integrity is what we started talking about right prior to this podcast because our mutual friend who allowed us to physically meet in the States is all about integrity as well. And Dr. Gupta, for instance, like so many of the practitioners gets the flow preso that says, ah, give me a month of using it myself first before I take it into my center and, and can offer this to other clients. Cause I want to know it number one and B I need to up my game. I need to level up. And I yeah. so honor and respect that Dr. Gupta, that you lead by example and how you work, but tell them a little bit about your background, how you got to where you are in Canada in Toronto, Canada is where he's located. So go ahead. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Yes. So thank you. No, I'm happy and excited to be here with you. And just like you're saying, like we, we had a very interesting way, the way we met and what, what I can say is that anyone who is into Flopresso, they're friends with me for sure. <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, my, my, like a, a quick, I don't want to go too much detail on the background, but I'll just give a high level review. But basically I was born in Vancouver, Canada, and that's where I did my medical school. And I, I ended up going to Toronto for my residency training. And initially I trained in family medicine, but uh, I was, I kind of got interested in palliative care. And then from there, the reason I got interested in palliative care is because the focus was on the quality of life versus the quantity of life. And I was kind of feeling that in the traditional medical model that we weren't focusing so much on the patient and what they really wanted. So that's what drew me to there. And then when I was training in that, someone said, do you know about chronic pain management? I was like, what is that? And they're like, yeah, people are suffering not only in the last three weeks of life, but you know, their whole life. And uh, so once when I got into that world, that's what really... Uh, got me much more passionate about finding ways how can I help these people in pain because I was originally approaching it from a very traditional medical model of uh, nerve blocks joint injections all the medications and other interventional procedures kind of more from an anesthesia approach uh, but I, I realized that many times we weren't curing the pain we were just masking it with a lot of medications or, or just burning nerves or stuff like that and and some of my patients would go out and do other treatments that we didn't know as much about, like acupuncture or trigger point and, or some other nutritional stuff. And they would get a bit better. And I'd be like, how come you're getting better? And I don't know about it. So that's when I started going out, learned about acupuncture and trigger point. I come back, tested my patients. And, and of course, not everyone got better, but let's say even 20% of the people got better. But I was like, wow, they're better and it's super safe and it's effective why aren't we using this? What else is there that I don't know? And I started learning more and more about, you know, whether it's nutritional medicine, mind-body medicine, um, functional medicine, learning about the hormones and toxins and gut health. And, and eventually I got into like um, regenerative medicine, including orthopedic medicine, which includes prolotherapy, PRP, and all these other advanced procedures. And once when I saw the results on those type of things for chronic pain, I was just like, oh my God, like I, I can't go back to my old way of practice. And I got to start taking, learning more. So I, I think that's a high level review of like how I got to where I am. Well, and we all want to take a moment of pause and congratulate and thank you. And, and you know, for me who lived in pain for three years, for those that know my story, um, I went from one doctor to the next that took pictures, wrote prescription pads, gave me names of support groups and told me to manage my pain the rest of my life. I saw pain specialists, orthopedic specialists, nerve specialists, um, 
And then it was finally the massage therapist that I was skeptical of that I finally went to was like, Hey, that actually helped more than the Viking and the flex rail. What the hell's going on? And that yeah. too led me down this path, but it, it's refreshing in all honesty, Dr. Gupta to find a doctor that goes, Hey, that's working. I don't know about that. Let me research that so I can get a better yeah. outcome. And, and I think that the days of finding a doctor that's listed in my insurance is the doctor that takes my insurance have got to go away. It's got to be the doctor that cares about the client that's un- seen the client fully. And also is becoming a better version and vision of themselves so they can be less impeding in the health of their participants that they're working with. Because I know, and I've said this many times on the podcast, my previous personality pushed a lot of people out of your wellness to stores because of my own crap. And one of my goals in my life is to clear my stuff enough so that I am not the impediment to helping somebody find the way. And so- God bless you for all that you do and how you do it and being who you are, because that is unique and all your clients. And I know from the client that we share, Tommy, who those of you have watched that podcast, Tommy Mako did a podcast. This is the Dr. G that he was talking about that did those neural therapies and all those crazy places and continues to do so. Um, you know, we really, as, as your patients, as your colleague, we really appreciate the care and the integrity of what you bring to that to always want to find another easier, faster, more effective, more efficient, less painful way, as much as I love needles and as good as you are with needles. Yeah. Some people don't like needles. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So PRP, you talked about that a little bit, can, cause I know some of our clients, some of the listeners rather have heard about that maybe from a dental piece from working with Dr. Cartola or, or Porcelli or somebody that, oh, we're right. using PRF, plasma rich filament. Can you explain how you use PRF? Yeah, so how I use PRP, I'll just explain from my perspective in a simple way what PRP really is, mm-hmm. is PRP exists already in your blood and it is your body's natural mechanism to repair and regenerate yourself. And, but it's only in, used in certain instances. And I'll give an example. So if, if you fall and you cut yourself and you start bleeding, the first thing that come there is the platelets in your blood and they form a plug. And then they release a bunch of other, you know, growth factors and signaling molecules that will kind of strengthen the, the clot and form the scar tissue. And as the scar tissue forms, there's more collagen. And you'll see that you'll notice over a period of a few weeks or one or two months, the color and the texture of your scar changes. That's because it's actually remodeling. And But overall, the overall process is that it, it basically stimulated your body to regenerate and you built new blood vessels, new fascial tissue, and new skin. And so your body, your body has the innate capability to heal and regenerate as long as it's not being blocked. And of course, if you kind of stimulate your body to heal, it can heal even much better and faster. And so what PRP is that we take some of your blood out, we, we spin it around and we take those platelets. And so that's why it's called platelet-rich plasma. It's, it's your plasma, the, the liquid portion of your blood concentrated with platelets. Once when we have that solution, uh, we can activate it and then where your body is injured, I can use that as a messenger and say, look, this tendon or this ligament is torn or this other tissue is damaged. I can go to that location, inject PRP there, and then that's it. After that, your body takes over because your body recognizes your own platelets and its own messengers. And it will release the growth factors and other molecules to stimulate blood supply to come to the area. And what blood supply does is blood supply brings oxygen and nutrients and so then the area can heal better it also brings the immune system which can help clean things up and take away the dead tissue and then it stimulates the local fibroblasts and stem cells to make the collagen and the connective tissue and that's and then that process can take um let's say over a little bit over a month or a month and a half but that tissue will actually regenerate and once when the tissue is regenerated it actually becomes normal function and the, and the pain can actually be cured because when the structure is healed, then you won't have a dysfunction or you won't have pain. 
you made me think about three things that I want to talk about, but I'm going to table those for a second to go down that yeah. rabbit hole a little bit deeper. Yeah. So yeah. When, when we talk about, oh, I got a big lash on my arm and it's cut, or I got a knee operation because I had to repair my tendon that I tore, my, my meniscus tore. That's what you're describing is what happens inside the body, the innate wisdom of the body, because yeah. we talk about it all the time on the show. Like if you get cut, you put a bandaid on it and ask a doctor, this is funny, you guys ask a doctor, how did that heal? They'll go, I don't know until you meet Dr. G. And then he goes, oh, I can tell you exactly what happens. Here's what happens. The platelets yeah. factors, all these yeah. molecule signaling factors come in place. And this is what happens. So that was awesome. If you want to know how the body mechanistically looking from what we know is what's actually physiologically, pathophysiologically happening in the body when it's healing tissue. And then the PRP is essentially accelerating that, giving it more information. So, okay, that's awesome. Here's a question that I have, and I, sure. I've never had this conversation with anybody, so I'm excited to have it in front of everybody here. Yeah. So when you spin the blood, okay, there's yeah. three times more lymph fluid in the body than blood, correct, Dr. G? Totally, yes. Okay. So the blood, red blood cells and the plasma, when you spin it in a centrifuge and it's not like he's standing there and spinning in a circle, there's a machine yeah. called the centrifuge. There's a machine centrifuge, yeah, high speed. Blood. So when it separates it out, you've got the blood cells and then you've got the plasma. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you have on one Wouldn't side- would that be considered it, it, the lymph fluid, the plasma? Just saying. It, yes, so it, it separates it by weight, and the red blood cells are the heaviest, so they're on one side. The lightest is the plasma and the nutrients in there, and in the middle they call it a, a bufficle, but that has the the white blood cells, and then on the plasma side is the platelets, and uh, so yeah, and that so we're using physics to separate. And when I look in a dark field microscope, when I'm looking at live blood, I see the yeah. red blood cells. And in the spaces between the cells, which is where the lymph is, is where I see the platelets. So yes. that would lend me to understand that when you're spinning down this PRP, really what you're back injecting is lymphatic fluid, which is going to stimulate, as you mentioned, the immune modulation response, because we know that the lymphatic tissue, when it gets to the level of the nodes, whatever it's circulating through that system, when it gets to the level of the node is when it identifies the pathogen, the toxicant to create the proper white blood cell leukocyte macrophage to offset whatever the body's burden is dealing with. And the PRP is, I've never really considered it, but it's really like taking out the blood and giving back more lymphatic tissue at some level. Is it not? Yeah, it, it totally is. And it's basically, I'm extracting the the body's own innate healing molecules and i'm just redirecting it to exactly where i want i said this part of the body's not healed try to heal it again here's a little extra material for yeah. you to do because it it, if you go back to when people originally get injured like let's just talk about an ankle sprain for example example yep. let's say there's 100 people they sprain their ankle and 90, 95% of them after two months, they're basically out of pain, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's a small group of people who end up remaining in pain. Mm -hmm. Why is that? So, so my understanding of is that that 5%, and this is like a lot of your audience who have chronic pain is, and this is one, one avenue into chronic pain, like from, a, from an injury, like an ankle sprain, mm -hmm. is that 5%, the people in the 95% who have no pain, they heal their ligament above 80% and therefore they don't have any pain. If you heal between 70 and 80%, you'll only have pain in your ankle when you, when you kind of fatigue your muscles, like you, you walk for five kilometers and then you'll be like, I walked for 20 minutes and now I feel pain. If, you, if it heals under 70%, you'll basically have chronic pain, mm. right? So what happened is when you sprained your ankle, why was it that 5%? Why didn't they heal above the 80%? Yeah. Right. So usually, and I kind of said, I kind of referred to this earlier saying that as long as nothing is blocking your healing, you're going to heal. So what happens is when you sprain your ankle, it actually bleeds by itself inside. It gets red and swollen. Well, that red and swelling is meaning there's, there's blood there. It's trying to heal it, but you only healed it to say 60% or 50%, not enough. It's still in pain. So what I do with PRP is 
I tell the body, look, because after three, four months, the body stops trying to heal itself in that sense from that chronic injury. And it just starts living with it. And then I go back there. You, you might've had the pain for like 10 years and I'll go back there and I'll tell, tell the body, look, this part of the body's injured. Try to heal it again. Try to regenerate. Again, amongst those patients, maybe half my patients, I'll treat them this way and they'll heal. They'll get better. They'll be pain-free, even though they had the pain for 10 years. But then there's still another portion of my patients who they only get slightly better or, or they don't get better. Why is that? The reason they don't get better is something is blocking their body from healing. Do they have a lymphatic blockage? Do they have a nutritional deficiency? Are, are they repetitively restraining the injury like athletes? They keep they heal, they injure, they heal, they injure, they heal, but eventually the body just doesn't heal enough. You know, do they have a toxin? You know, are their hormones off? So this is why, you know, do they have a toxin from their teeth or from mercury? Like, you know, do they have a chronic infection? So this is what forced me to learn about all this stuff because I was always perplexed about these small group of patients that even after me trying to heal them, why weren't they healing? And so I'd have to keep looking for more and more. And then you open up the Pandora's box and you're like, you have to look at everything. <laughs> or in, in a sense, but, 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 the, but, the, yeah. but there is a system to the madness though. There if is. you go to the right people, there is a system to the madness. And, and, and there are some things which are common like toxins or infections and so forth, or nutritional deficiencies and, or allergies and treating these things. And scars, can, you know, I don't- Scars, scar tissue, yes. Yeah. Scars are huge, especially from the pain doc and the fascia and understanding the communication. Yeah, because, because some of the small nerve fibers can get trapped in the scar and then they cause a chronic, uh, a chronic pain even from the scar. So yeah, of course we're, we're, we're trying to keep this more at the common and simple level, but, um, that's why the more I go forward, the more I look into uh, the importance of lifestyle, of eating healthy, of doing some certain amount of exercise, of thinking healthy and mental health, of sleeping. Sleeping is way underrated. Sleeping is critical. And this is the process I'm undergoing through myself right now because I was, I was talking to Kelly and, and, uh, and Dr. Isaac Jones, which is one of our coaches, and he goes like, let uh, Dr. Dr. G, why don't you go to the next level and start doing this? I go, I'll go to the next level only when I'm in integrity myself, when I'm optimizing my own lifestyle from sleep. And this, because just like Kelly and me, like we're always up late reading and we always like to push ourselves. And they say we should be sleeping at 10, but we'll go to sleep at like three in the morning or two in the morning. And then we wake up at seven. Now we're sleep deprived. Once you're sleep deprived, your brain function goes down. You, you're gonna you're, you're you're gonna change the hormones in your body to gain weight you know there's a lot of decrease you're not in optimal health and I go if I'm not in optimal health myself how can I truly unleash this program to get my patients into optimal health like I'm still trying to teach my patient but I want to to fully come out I want to be there and so that's what I'm working on myself first on that and aspect the other, the, it, it's incredible Dr. G and the other thing we talked about is that like we've talked about before on the podcast, that health is not a destination and optimizing not, not a destination, that it's an action that we take That's every ongoing. day. You know, when, when we were with Dr. Jones and we were all together, it was an incredible weekend of masterminding with great practitioners, clinicians, and, you know, entrepreneurs essentially that are looking to really help change the world and help get this education out there. As one of the great guys says, if you guys don't figure this out, you're all jerks. He was the non-doctor in the group, the tech guy. It was like, you guys got to figure out how to get your message out there because you guys know too much. If you don't, you're yeah. jerks. I just love John for that. I thought yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah that, but, that, that, that was amazing. When, when he said, yeah, if you, if you don't share your knowledge with others, you're jerks. I was like, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> you're right. It was, it was so good. But we spent a fair amount of that time educating and you know masterminding and all that. But then we spent a lot of time caring for ourselves and going on hikes and doing the ATV yeah. things and eating really good food and fireside yeah. relaxing conversations and yoga in the morning and meditations. And we did all yeah. this self-care around it. And then we made commitments for our business and commitments for our self-care and how we were going to engage with this world, because we know that we, as the leaders need to lead by example, to continue to optimize. And we're always finding new ways to optimize our, yeah. our wellness. And it's interesting what everything you just said, it's funny you chose ankles because you don't know my whole history, obviously, but I was oh, in the car accident at 20. I compressed two vertebrae, lacerated my spleen, have a 12 inch scar on my head. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't know that part. Right. So wait, back up. Prior to that, I played volleyball and basketball my entire high school career and pretty much lived on crutches because of one or of the other ankles. Wow. They were constantly wrapped and sprained all the freaking time. Then I get yeah. in the, so that was my whole high school career. Then I go to Cornell. I get into the rowing program. I loved rowing. Oh my God. It was awesome. It built my body in a different way. But I think that because I was, you know, using one side versus the other, when I got in the car accident, it reinforced oh. the bilateral issues. Okay. Stay with yeah. me. I get out of pain. Four years later, I'm playing. I'm out of pain now for a year. And I decided it's a good idea to play basketball with a bunch of uh, foot, like professional athletes and like combat ranger medic guys. Oh my God. I have like not the smartest decision I've ever made. So I go up for a rebound. I do, don't get it. <laughs> and when I, when I land, the guy that got it landed on top of my tibia and fractured my tibia. Wow. This, okay, so I, that hurt me for, I mean, I could tell you exactly where the fracture is. I could point to it. It was a hairline fracture, but I could touch it for 15 years and tell you exactly where it broke. And my ankles were always an issue. Then I got lymph yeah. nodes. Then I got rid of cow dairy. Then I got all this stuff out of my life. And I had my kid. And about a year later, maybe two years later, I was doing a muck fest and broke my left arm. Again, radius, clear fracture just doing a stupid human trick holding something too long too hard and just gave out because look how tiny my freaking wrists are so hey, you, you used your body to learn everything i did i'm physically learning spiritual lessons i'm now done with that god thank you very much i'm yes. done yes 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 done. um but my point is that i i thought i was going to have an entire life with ankles that just didn't work right first time i tried to do a pigeon pose or that particular yoga stuff and they wanted you to sit on your toes i literally yelled at the one was like i hate you i'm never doing that again what's wrong with you to cause such torture and pressure in my life <laughs> and i have learned that my ankles are where i really have to heal of course i can't wait to get to toronto and have you inject prp which is what i want to do but my point is that through all the years of all the lymph work that i've done i have no ankle issues i don't have broken bones anymore i am stronger at 47 years old in my bone structure now than i have ever been evidenced by the flexibility and the ability of me to do certain things that i could not do at 20 let wow. alone at 15. Like at 15, I was more of a disaster physically. <laughs> the car accident helped me regain what I not regain, gain physical structure that I didn't have back. And I'm thinking that it's because of the lymph, because of the circulation, because of getting, you know, the stem cells, which is really what PRP helps create is the stem yep. cell regenerative aspects. And I, I want people to understand this because that is my unique signature program that I'm launching. I'm going to just tell everybody now it's called the cure. It's called constantly upregulating your ecosystems. Because when I look at my picture, my before picture from 25 years ago to today, I look younger today. I'm more vital. I, my skin is better. My eyes are, I have no makeup on my face, none. Wow. And I know that this is the cure. This is the answer to your yeah. problem. I don't care if it's chronic illness or chronic pain, your body's regenerative. It's amazing. Yeah. And you find 100%. brilliant, wise doctors like this that it's... know what to do and how to do it and when to do it. I'm telling you, you there is no nothing you can't turn around. Nothing. Yeah. And, and I totally believe in that, that the body can cure itself. You can be cured of chronic pain. And I've seen it so many times where people have come in with 15, 20, 30 years of back pain, neck pain. And if they do the correct treatments and they treat themselves, it's like you're saying, it's you have to change your ecosystem and your own environment. They can, the body can cure. And sometimes it's just, you just need assistance to find out what's blocking you from curing, what's blocking you from regenerating. Because the body was designed to regenerate. It, you know, this, this is, we're in the future. Of medicine and yeah. i've been saying that the last few episodes i really want people to understand we're there like i've been joking for years about the jetsons where's my rosy robot that runs my house and where's my flying car <laughs> i don't have those two things yet but we in the, the future of knowing 
or relearning, I should really say, that we have the wisdom inside us and that the lifestyle that we've chosen to live in 21st Western culture is degradating, you know, how we actually could optimize our life by living a little more simply, a little less chemically laden, a little less process laden and go back to some of the basics and watch the body spend more time outside of nature. Like that's a huge thing. And I, I want to delve into the sleep thing a little bit because what you said is so true and, and so honest, right? Like, listen, we know all the right things to do. And sometimes we still don't do them because we get very excited about what we're learning or about a conversation. I think the night we spoke, it was late at night for us. It was like probably night one o'clock. We had that conversation, which probably was supposed to start at 10, be done by 1030, but we couldn't stop and we talked till one, right? It was one of those infamous lines like, oh, who's your new best friend who's on the phone for three hours, Kelly. But how do you biohack? How do you offset when you do things Mm -hmm. like that? Because there's passion, there's drivers, devotion. Like that also makes me really joyful and happy, right? When I find the new book, (laughs) so excited to read or, you know, like how do you, how do you, Dr. Offset that in biohack in your world. Yeah, so it's it's something that you have to really want to commit to. That you have to change your identity. You have to say this is important to me, and I want to prioritize that because no matter how much you learn or other people teach you, if you're not willing to implement the changes that you we already know, you're not gonna start biohacking because if, if every if, if we're all honest to ourselves we already know a lot of things that we should be doing healthier like like if you're eating a lot of junk food stop eating junk food you know <laughs> you know it, it it really comes down to the simple because sometimes it's these simple things that are actually the most important because yeah I, i'm lucky i have access to a lot of amazing technologies like the flopresso you know, like the stem wave machine and, and many other technologies. But if I'm going to eat Twinkies all day, you know, yeah. it's uh, how can I overcome that? And so sometimes it's it's by starting off with the basics. Like there's, there's a lot of things we already know, but we're just not implementing it. And so maybe start off by that. And then, of course, these other biohacking technologies can still, even if you're eating Twinkies, they can still help you and augment and kind of reduce the amount of damage. Even but the thing is, Twinkies. I love but the thing going is, back to even if you're eating Twinkies. Yeah, but 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 the thing is, if you if you stopped eating Twinkies, you would get so much further ahead. And so right. I think I think those basic changes that we already know and we're we're just not being, you know, compassion. I call it not being compassionate to yourself. We already know it, but we're prioritizing other things like, oh, it's just fast and easy fast food. Like I'll just eat that, but but I'm gonna go be there on time for work or whatever. So we're loyal to our jobs and our work, but why aren't we loyal to ourselves? That's where compassion begins with yourself. And if you can't be compassionate to yourself, how can you truly be compassionate to others? And um, I, I think that's where the foundation begins. But once when you start going down that path of just the simple stuff, then of course you can always add on all this advanced biohackers. And there's a lot of stuff, you know, right from like simple, like, device that you can wear on yourself like the aura ring to kind of monitor yourself and use biofeedback to help your meditation to like more advanced technologies like the flow pressos to like right to like stem cell technologies there's a lot of stuff out there but the thing is if you're not doing the basics it's like you're using the technology to put out the fire but stop lighting your own house on fire well you know to unpack that a little bit i think that's a great analogy you know and i also what you're saying is can be compassionate to yourself, self-care yourself first, because that could be a blockade. You know, why am I not making those simple decisions that I know? Why am I not, you know, driving past Dunkin' Donuts and go into the green smoothie shop instead? Like why, when I know the right choices, why am I not making them? And that could be one of the blockades we're dealing with, whether that's emotional stuff, right? And I would love for you to talk about that if you're willing to. I think from a chronic pain perspective, people get caught up in the physical mm-hmm. yeah. and they sometimes forget the emotional and the vibrational. And I can say for myself, like I'd go and take all the Vicodin 
and the flexural, and I might even do the exercises, whatever the previous doctor gave me for a minute or two, but three, four weeks into it, if I didn't notice a change in my pain, that exercise went out the window, whether it was good for me or not. Now I'm out of pain. I still have a bit of a, a doward tump. So I'm working on recreating um, like nerve pathways by doing exercises that I was told to do 20 years ago that I didn't do that I'm redoing now, like learning how to crawl and, and reintegrate muscles that probably never fired properly or haven't fired properly since the damage. So there was an emotional block there for me. And I know that that's what this is still about. There's some, something here that I'm blocking. So let's talk about that. I'm happy to use myself or any example you want, but I want people to get the emotional components that stop them from experiencing true bliss and love without experiencing pain. Yeah, I, I think it's it's great that you brought this up because this is probably the least addressed topic in chronic pain is the emotional part. And the emotional part relates to um, basically directly connects into your mental health. And um, if you don't have that emotional mental balance, it's really hard to implement the lifestyle changes. Because when you're feeling a lot of people and a lot of us do it, it's not rare, it's very common, actually, it's probably the majority of us when we're stressed, when we're feeling anxious or depressed or whatever, we'll have some ice cream, we'll have some cookies, we'll have some junk food, we'll have some Dunkin Donuts, you know what I mean. And so emotional eating is very rampant. And you don't have to feel bad about it. It's very common. But the more important thing is to become aware of it. And then to say, is it important for me to live healthy? And then how, what can I do to change it? And uh, e even I myself was doing a lot of like, somehow I'd be like, oh, I, I just want to eat like macaroni and cheese, like, but, but from craft dinner, like, I used to do that when I was a kid. And while I'm doing that now as a full-grown adult, right? I'll be like boiling it myself and like eating it. And I'll be like, and, and what I realized was it was my addiction, my addiction to that uh, highly processed sugar, carbs and, and cheese and stuff like that. And uh, what, what, one practical tip I, I can give um, that I did on myself and it worked. And I think it will help many other people was I, I, I did a, a water fast mm. and, uh, and, uh, I use the water fast and people say, Hey, like Dr. Gupta, like, uh, are you doing this water fast to lose weight? I was like, not really. I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my health. And what are the benefits of water? Fast? And it's interesting to look into, we won't go into all the detail, but if you can do a water fast for one day, you get the benefits of autophagy. And when you pass three days, you can actually activate your own stem cells. And, uh, but the, but for me, one of the biggest benefits was becoming aware of the level of my um, compulsion, you know, compulsion and addiction to food, and basically, and and a lot of people go through this. Is, is this like um, some people are a junkie and they're addicted to like cocaine or heroin, and when you take it away from them, they start going crazy. Well, if you take food away from people for like a day, they'll start going crazy. They get that they get the hangry. Forget about a day, maybe even after like eighteen hours, twelve hours. And what it is is, is it's not that your the body can do without it. Is this that that addiction component. And uh, it, it's, um, uh, can you say, sorry, I was just getting a call, but uh, uh, that, that addiction component, becoming aware of it. And once you can, if you can fight your way through that, going past the first or second day, then you start gaining that kind of confidence and mastery. So I'd be like, yeah, I can do this again. And so since I've done that three day fast, now I've done many days where I did what they call intermittent fasting, where I only eat in a six hour window. Like to say, maybe I have uh, a late lunch, maybe around one o'clock and I eat my dinner by seven. Uh, uh, and, and, but then that requires me to in the morning only drink water and miss breakfast or, and start my day without eating or, and, but the thing is I'm able to do it now versus before I'd be like, oh, let me just have some chips. Let me just eat some snacks. And, and I've you, already you noticed a change your body. in my you train yeah. your body to be able to do that. And yes. I think one of the things he's trying to really explain is that that compulsion, when, when we're no longer compulsory, we are in consciousness. And when yes. we are pulled to, and, and it could be exercise, it could be a, yeah. a good, what is perceived as a good, but any habit, 
whether it's buying the donut that I buy every day or it's taking the five mile walk before I get up, if it's compulsive instead of conscious, mm. then it's aiding into patterns and rigidities and stuckness versus flow. Flow yeah. is state of consciousness and being and present and going, okay, like, listen, we can talk and people can throw me under the bus because some of you know I like Starbucks chai tea. I have political issues with Starbucks. I have all sorts of issues with Starbucks. But the bottom line is every once in a while I like myself a chai tea. Dr. Pops yeah. throw me under the bus about it. Everybody has, right? But the reality is that what it gives me consciously when I want it is good. But the difference is I'm no longer compulsory. I think I was compulsory. Every, it was like I drove by a Starbucks and my car would just pull in. I'm like, but I've already had one today. Why is my car pulling in? And it was just this habit. Now, yeah. when I want one, I, I'm talking to myself about it. Do I really want one? Is it really appropriate to do today? Do I really want to add that to the list? Da, 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 da. And as long as it's a conscious choice, then I'm okay with it. Now, I don't do it every day anymore. I don't do it like one-tenth of what I used to do it. But yeah. because I, you know, it's, it's more about a political thing than it is anything else. But that being said, it's, it's about being conscious of what we're doing that brings us into a state of awareness, of what's going on for our body so that we can overcome our mind to yeah. lead from our, our heart <laughs> and follow our path. And, and I think that's a really good way to put it of compulsion versus conscious or, you know, being responsible versus being reactive. But yeah. these, these things come back down to the importance of addressing your emotions. Because if you don't address the emotions, you'll never get over your compulsion because you need to, that you're treating your emotional pain with your compulsion, with your food or whatever you're doing. And, uh, you know, you, you could be the best mother in the world and giving your children, you know, healthy breakfast, healthy food and dropping them off and doing all the work. But on your way back, you're going to stop by Dunkin Donuts and buy a donut. Versus if you dealt with your emotions and your compulsions, and, and this is for then you could not have that. You can say, look, if I can, I can have compassion towards my children. I can give my children healthy food. Why can't I give myself healthy food? And you can, we can do it figure for, out why, why you're yeah. looking at that and then handle that. Yeah. Just let yeah. it go. Whatever it is, let it go. Maybe it's because your mom told you something when you were a kid or some teacher yeah. said something yeah. to you or somebody pissed you off at work and you didn't know how to deal with it. Whatever it is, deal with it. Cause that, you know, my story is, is a strange one, but it's not. I'm sure Dr. G could attest to many stories like this. I walked into this not this office, but Ian Kennedy's office 24 years ago, living on Vicodin and Flexerol, three other medications for allergies and that I was on prior to the car accident. But I lived in pain 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I did emotional work in his office, energetic, vibrational, not a needle touched my skin, emotional work. And I tell people for 17 years that it took a month, but God bless it. I'm not saying that anymore because it's not the truth. The truth, I told people that because it was hard for them to believe. I walked out of that office that day and no longer had pain and didn't understand it. I was rowing five days later because I stayed in my college, in my uh, club team rather to row because I still loved rowing even though um, I wasn't. Oh, it looks like we lost stock. Sorry, I know we've, we've spent a little longer time. I'll be quick. No, no, no. So, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to find, okay, now I got it back. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so bottom line was I walked in his office. He did this emotional release technique on me. And it took me five days to literally have the consciousness to realize I wasn't pushing the pain back in the back of my mind anymore. Because those of you who have lived in chronic pain, you know what that's like. It's like this background noise that you're, you check in with at different times of the day, but you've gotten really good at pushing it off. If you give it consciousness, it kind of takes you down to your knees and makes you want to go to bed or makes you want to cry or makes you not want to live your life. But if you continue in your persistent and you know that you can overcome it, you continue to push it in the back and live your life like I did for so many years. Then I met this guy, now my husband, Ian, who taps my back, makes me think about some things and my pain goes away. And I go, what the hell did you do? And he goes, energy. And it changed my life. You guys, it was emotional crap. I was in a car accident one month later, my father had a stroke five months later, a second stroke five months after that dead. 55 years old and dead. I was studying at Cornell University to become a doctor. Now I was living in painkillers. 
on painkillers, muscle relaxers, three other medications, and a 55-year-old father that's dead with genetics of Hodgkin's disease. And I was freaked out. And all I knew was this guy said, energy is what made all my pain go away. And I was like, I'm sticking here until I figure it out. And I am here to tell you 24 years later that that literally happened that one day. It took me five days to realize it. And it's taken me 24 years to help everybody else understand that this was emotional. My body had, I had physical ailments, oops, physical ailments. I had two compression fractures. I still have a 12 inch scar on my head and I still lacerated my spleen. But three years after the car accident, my body had wrapped these two events of my father's death and my car accident together. And I was really still grieving my father in so many ways. And when he released that energy, the pain went away. <laughs> and I I'm here to say the only time I've experienced pain in all these years was carrying a child for an extra 17 days and laboring through to get him to come out into this world. I definitely had some back pain that day, but outside of that, and it was low back pain, it had nothing to do with the upper back. There is no pain in my life. And that is a gift of my, you know, okay, well, I broke my arm when I broke my leg doing stupid human tricks, but this is an emotional, there was physical ailments but work like Dr. G does, work that we do, work to help open up your flow is the answer to releasing that pain and getting your body to heal on a mechanism. Yes, with PRP or other injections and neural therapies, which I really wanted to talk about what we didn't get there because we went way down a deep rabbit hole, which is even mm -hmm. better. Um, yeah. But I, I just... I just pray everybody gets that message. I do, because I don't want you living in pain. You have such great access to great doctors like this, that if you need the physical help, but work on the emotional and the vibrational, please hear that message. Yep. So go ahead, Dr. G, add whatever you can. That was no, too no, Kelly on this podcast. No, no, I, I, I totally agree because, you know, as, you know, doctors, like we can do a lot of procedures or we can prescribe different, you know, meds or nutrition or whatever we're doing, but we can't do the exercise for you. If we, we, if we prescribe exercise, we can't do that for, if we tell you to eat a certain way, we can't eat healthy for you. We can't fix your me mental and emotional health. All these other things, I, I, I truly consider them foundational. And so I think it is important to, you know, eat healthy, sleep, take care of your emotional health, you know, and do exactly what, what Kelly is saying. I think this is truly foundational. And it's, even if you are going to have a procedure or a surgery, you're going to heal and recover from it better and faster if you're doing all those foundational stuff. And this is the foundational stuff that no one else can do for you. Only you can do it yourself. And you can do it. Totally can do it. So thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to ask you one last question. So when I ask people to come on my podcast, I am very particular about who I ask, as you know, because I really want to make sure that people understand how the body works and I want to have great wisdom um, disseminated, whether that's a story like Tommy can tell about his personal story or a great medical yeah. doctor like yourself. Um, in all your years, I have no, honestly, I have no idea how young you are. If you're 35 or 45, no idea, but in all your years of life, um, as a medical doctor and as a, as a successful human being, yes. what is the secret that you have found that if you had the opportunity to share with all 7.8 billion people on the world, and you had a microphone today and they could all hear you, what is it you want them to hear as the secret to your live in a healthy, happy, vibrant wellness life that you live? That's an interesting question. Yeah, it, it's like, a, it's definitely not one thing, but, but, but if I was to say, like if I was to give this um, information down to like my future children or, you know, the future generations around the world, and I could only say it like, and give one piece of advice, I would say, listen to what you already know inside, listen to your intuition, and that will guide you to all the other treatments you truly need. Listen to yourself. Stop listening to others. Listen to yourself. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you.
Yeah. Well, if you're looking for Dr. G, you can find him, find him at oghealthinstitute.com there in Toronto. Reach out to him via email or any questions we're happy to forward to him. I'm, I know you've done other podcasts and he's got many things in the works. You will see lots more of Dr. G here on the beats in your future. And uh, we so appreciate your time, your wisdom, your givingness, your heart. You're beautiful. I love you. Big hugs to you, Dr. Love G. Love you too. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us and spending your time here with us at The Beats with your host, Kelly Kennedy. And I know today more than ever before, you now know better how your body works. And at the very least, we hope we've helped you raise some questions and help you continue to investigate. We are here to help you naturally optimize a better version and vision of yourself on every single level. And after today, you can better engage your innate intelligence and allow for proper regulation and proper regeneration. Make sure to subscribe to never meet, miss a beat again. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or professional advice and care by your doctor or other qualified medical professionals. This podcast is created with the intention to provide information and education. This podcast is created with the understanding that it does not constitute professional advice or medical services. If you are looking for help in your journey and seek a qualified medical practitioner, or if you're looking for a biological, not meds practitioner, we can help you. Someone who's trained and a licensed health coach and someone that can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health. That's what not meds mission is about. I hope you have enjoyed listening again to this podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do. And if you do, please feel free to share it with your friends, your colleagues, uh, for the tips of living the biological foundational life and living in the flow. And if you have been listening and love the show, please do leave comments. We love reading your comments. We really do. And you can subscribe to us wherever you hear your podcast. Thank you so much from our heart to yours. Mm -hmm.